the next episode of Nerd Flicks and Chill will start in three, two, one, zero. Hey everybody, this is Nick. And this is Carrie. And we are Nerd Flicks and Chill, and it's time for another Sharp Objects recap. We're going to be talking about episode six? I believe it was six. Sure. Yeah, uh, episode six was called Cherry. That's right, because we only have two left. So uh, Cherry kind of focuses on, you know, some of the different characters and their kind of morning routines and, and how all of this stuff is going to intertwine. Uh, but before we get into the episode and give you our thoughts on it, let's do another Where in the World is Carrie on the Walking with Dinosaurs tour. Carrie, where are you this week? I am in London, England. Awesome. It is awesome. I have played a couple shows now at the O2 Arena, the very famous O2 Arena. It's been fantastic. Awesome. That's great. And how is the show? How are audiences responding to it? Oh, yeah. The show's been great. Um, They've been... Ticket sales have been really good, and uh, responses have been absolutely incredible. Um, I actually just uh, had uh, some tweets going back and forth with somebody who saw the show that said that they got so emotional and they almost cried watching it, and yeah, it was it was actually really, really cool. And where we are uh, with what I do as one of the puppeteers in the show... I'm not inside the dinosaur. I'm not backstage. I'm actually, all the dinosaurs are operated by a really fancy remote control called a voodoo rig. And we're in the audience, basically. And because of that, uh, during intermission, usually, and sometimes at the end of the show, uh, people have the ability to come up to us and ask questions and talk to us about what we do and, uh, that's one of my favorite parts. So I've actually met a lot of people from the audience and uh, had some really great conversations. And um, it's, I love my job. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, let's dig into uh, this week's episode of Sharp Objects. We had a few different things going on. We have a key piece of evidence showing up, um, at the uh, farm, we also have the detective, Richard, kind of looking around into Camille's background as well. We have the whole thing with John's girlfriend trying to kind of, um, you know, kind of make a name for herself. And then we also have everything that's going on with Emma and Camille and, and their relationship. So lots of stuff going on. Uh, and you said that you had a lot of thoughts on this week's episode. So I'm dying to hear what those thoughts are. This show made me angry. Wow. Angry, huh? Yeah. I'm starting to feel that watching this show is the equivalent of being in in an abusive relationship. It's pissing me off now. (laughs) Well, what is it about this show that is that is frustrating you? It's not giving me enough. I'm finding that it's it's feeling too repetitive. That there's not enough to keep me interested. Quite honestly, this episode, 
I didn't care. It was like I was at my breaking point. I'm like, I don't give a shit anymore as to what happens to anybody. I don't care. Because not enough has happened to keep me interested. You know, I said on the outset that this is a slow burn and I'm I'm interested. It's like, okay, you've you've got me. Give me something. And we got a couple episodes into it and I was like, I don't know. It's not moving enough. It's feeling a little stale. Then we had one good episode. I'm like, okay, you know, maybe not a lot moved in the plot, but they showed a lot of really interesting things that happened. And now we're back to very little has happened. Yes, they found a bike. Yes, the detective started a snoop on Camille. That's not really that big of a deal, I guess. That wasn't enough for me. And... Everything else that's happened, quite honestly, this episode, you could have intermixed it with any one of the other previous episodes and you could just switch them all around and it wouldn't make any difference because there isn't really that much to me that has happened with any kind of progression. It just, it's feeling very stale and quite honestly, I mean, I'm committed to it because of the podcast, but if it weren't for us doing this podcast, I would have stopped watching at this episode. Hmm. Yeah, see, I'm a little bit different. I didn't like this episode as much as I liked last week's episode, but I do find myself still really enjoying it. I find, you know, yes, it is definitely a slow burn, totally. Uh, you are kind of getting information relayed piecemeal, but... I do kind of like the overall craftsmanship of this story. Like I'm still along for the ride and I'm still, um, I'm still kind of liking these slow reveals, these kind of slow rolling revelations that are happening in the story. Because to me, I find with this show, when you watch it the first time, there's not a lot that you can take away from it. Like, but then as, as it sits with you for a few days, or if you go back and watch it again, you start to kind of build more and build more and build more. And you realize that, it, that there's a lot of really, really good storytelling that's going on. Um, I think with this episode, it may have told us some stuff that we already know. I think that that is a, a perfectly valid criticism that that there that it didn't really break any new ground and that that maybe the revelations didn't uh, I think for some didn't satisfy. But there are a few things that that did happen here. Um, you know, we have these the, this whole reference. The episode title is Cherry, and it's spoken of a few different times. It's something that keeps coming up. And when she has the conversation, when Camille has the conversation with Becca, you know, she talks about the abuse that Camille suffered and kind of relates it to the whole, you know, cherry thing with like the dark pit inside. And that is something that is very evocative of everything that goes on in this show. So I still found it interesting on that level. But to me, it's not enough because everything that has happened, what do we know so far? We're six episodes in. We know that Camille's a writer. She's gone back home. She uh, basically was abused both at home and from classmates. Um, she lost a sister. Uh, she has a stepsister uh, who is acting out. She's uh, an adolescent who goodness knows what she's doing. Um, there's a detective and there's local police that's, you know, racist and um, the townspeople keep secrets. All of that was established in the first two episodes. 
I think you could say that really? about every show ever. Yeah, but what else have we been given? Nothing. We well, haven't been given much beyond that. It's like, come on, I need something. And and I've I've said this like three episodes ago. I I need some something needs to happen. Something needs to move this needle. And I got to say, there's got to be some really fucking amazing stuff to happen in these next two final episodes that's going to make me change my mind. I want to be wrong. I want these next two episodes to be epic, for them to tie things together, for me to go back and say, oh my god, all of that was there. I didn't know it. Now I understand. Now I get these puzzle pieces that were there that didn't make sense, and now they've come together. That's an incredible feat for two episodes. Can they do it? Maybe. I want them to do it. I want to be wrong. I want to eat a big giant plate of fucking crow, you know, our next episode or two. But right now, I am not feeling confident as to how this is going to wrap up. It seems to me that they had a really good idea for a movie, maybe. And I guess this is a book as well. Um... And maybe they wanted to do a movie, but somebody said, you know what? Let's not do a movie. Let's do a series. So they're having to stretch this out. And that's how it feels. It feels as if it's been drawn out and stretched out. And I think this could have been condensed into a movie, and I think it would have been a lot more exciting. But as of right now, it's it's totally lost me. And... um there's got to be something fantastic that happens to turn me around. I'm like I said, this <laughs> after watching this episode, I just got angry. I just got angry at the show. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, I don't have those feelings at all. I'm still really into it. I think that, uh, again, I, like I said before, this episode, not as strong as the previous one, which I thought was really strong. Uh, but there are a few things that we do get here that are, that are kind of interesting. One is, that we get the introduction to the idea that the killer may be a female, and it seems as though they're, you know, the, everybody kind of jumped to the idea that it is a, a man, even everybody in the town talking about it, that it's one of two men. Uh, it actually gets, you know, vocalized within the show uh, that it that it could potentially be a female, and that also seems to tie into um, the idea that... You know, as the detective is looking into Camille's background, he's starting to, I think, put pieces together that might be pointing back towards Camille's family for uh, at least having some kind of additional knowledge here. Because he did talk about, um, as he's looking into Camille's past, he uncovers, you know, why she may have ended up in the treatment center that she ended up in, uh, that there is self-harm going on. You know, she knows that the bike, he knows that the bike turns up on Adora's pig farm. He knows that Adora had another child that died. There was never an autopsy done on that child. So he is starting to kind of go down this path that may end up pointing fingers back at the family. Right. So I thought that was kind of an interesting twist in this week's episode. Um, and then we also have... Ashley, the girlfriend, again, she's trying to, it, I think she's just 
seeking out publicity for herself. I don't know that she's an advocate for her boyfriend, uh, but she is definitely seeking out the spotlight, uh, which I think is coming to the forefront here. The other thing, too, that gets noticed is the bite that gets taken out of her ear, and then Camille kind of insinuates that, you know what, maybe you were part of this. Maybe right. she, maybe maybe Natalie took a bite out of you when she was being murdered, and uh, so you know there's there's that aspect of it too. And then this whole thing with with Emma, I'm not exactly sure what the hell is going on here with those two. Yeah, I have no idea either. Um, and I said from the outset, I have a feeling it's one of the women, you know, and especially there was that little boy who said that he saw a woman in white. Um, I'm thinking that he actually was a credible witness because it was too quick for them to just kind of, you know, shove him away because of his status. And they just didn't really go anywhere else with that. I was like, that's a that's a thing, (laughs) you know, and same thing with the with the girlfriend, um, Ashley or whatever her name is. Um, Yeah, there's something about her from the get go. I was like, I don't trust her. There's something about her that's weird, but she could totally be a red herring. Yeah, it could, she could totally be. be a red herring thing. Who knows? Well, and I, I think that's what this show is is really good at kind of conveying, is this idea that when you have a tragedy in this small town that is full of lies and full of deception, that you don't just have the ugliness that's under the surface. You have the opportunism that comes with it as well. And I think that's everything that you're seeing. You have all the opportunists that are kind of, you know, bubbling up to the surface. You have everybody that wants to make a name for themselves or, you know, show off, you know, to the town or, or those kind of things. Um, but then you also have this kind of underlying secret that that's happening. So there's a lot going on. And, it, you know, I think we're just trying to sort it all out. Right. And and that's what I'm hoping they do in these next two episodes. I hope there's something that happens to make all of this gel together, to put all of these puzzle pieces together where all of a sudden it all takes shape. Yeah. And and you know, I I'm hopeful. I I haven't completely given up on it. I'm I'm hopeful that they can do it because you know, this show everybody that's involved with it has an incredible pedigree. And you know, that there is a lot about it that I don't like. Uh but there is a lot about it that I actually do like. Um and I, I do. I, I'm completely ripping on it this <laughs> this week, but I, I do remain hopeful because I want it to be good. I want my mind to be blown. I want to, like, again, uh, again like I said, I want to be wrong. It's not often that I say that, but this is one of those cases. I would like to be wrong. I would like to eat my words from this week. <laughs> okay. Um Another another aspect of this that I want to talk about is that whole sequence that takes place with Camille and her former cheerleading buddies. Because, yeah. my God, that is, uh, like, that is like a small town suburban nightmare. Yeah. Like, that is, that is like one of my nightmares, would be being around people that are like that. And it's, I feel like that's kind of an exaggeration of that, where they're all sitting around and they're crying as they watch beaches and they say Ugh. this ridiculous stuff about not feeling alive until they had a kid and blah, 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 blah. 
Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. It is. Especially, Insufferable. Well, you, and you say that as a man. <laughs> that is my nightmare to be in that kind of a situation. Being as somebody who is an adult woman who's never wanted kids. And I have kind of received that type of treatment um yeah it's uh it's sickening it's really sickening and that that scene did make my stomach churn because i was like oh man i've kind of been there and it sucks and people like that just make me very uncomfortable yeah and one thing that that this show does really well with with uh those women when they're all together and they're getting like kind of gossipy is it'll flash back to Camille in high school with them as cheerleaders. And then it'll yeah. flash back. I think that's a really powerful statement. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just a quick visual reference that uh, really encapsulates the, like the lack of maturity sometimes. Yeah. And this scene just kind of reminded me of why I've never gone back home to any high school reunions at all. I've had no interest. Right. And then you have her relationship with the woman, Becca, and kind of how, you know, they are outsiders. They're outsiders for completely different reasons, but it's it's part of their relationship. And, you know, that, that, that you know, Becca treats Camille with kindness. You know, she knew she was a cutter. She knew about the abuse. She knew about those things. So um, it is interesting to see her get some compassion from another person. Well, and it's it's interesting, too, to see how the tables have turned where she's an outsider, whereas, you know, we've we've been told a number of times that, you know, she's a legend in this town. And like it was like everybody looked up to her when she was younger and now she's the outsider and, you know, it was as if when she was in high school, was like everybody aspired to be like her because she was so popular. And, you know, now she looks she's looking back and looking at all these people and it's like, oh, my gosh, I I could have ended up like this. I yeah. could have been these people. And then there's the other portion of that where she ends up having that encounter with the music teacher um you know who yeah. was one of her abusers and you know i was thinking last week man it it seems like that guy might be like the suspect but now after watching his right. scene here uh, i don't get that vibe at all anymore no i don't either because he seems as remorseful as he can be for somebody who's a sexual abuser and again yeah. the show is never really laid out specifically what that abuse was like we know that it's we know that it's rape but it's never been explicitly stated you know yeah they've kind of alluded to it being like a a gangbang rape type situation like it, it's never been verbalized that way by camille right which i think is is an interesting thing like we know as the audience because we've seen glimpses of that and we know what to infer based on what we've seen but within the context of the show she's never actually verbalized it and i don't know if that's something that is um a, a part of 
her that's going to be reconciled in this story? Like, is that a realization that she's coming to? Like, what does that say about her um, mindset when it comes to her her being a victim? Um, I don't, you know, I don't know some of that stuff. But one of the things I really respect about this show is it is willing to really put sophisticated ideas out there and kind of challenge the audience with some sophisticated ideas. Do you think so? Or do you think we're just giving it way too much credit? No, I don't. I I 100% (laughs) think that it is, it is a well thought out, well crafted show that, that comes from a very specific POV that wants to challenge a lot of our perceptions about small town life, about growing up about self-harm and abuse and you know i think it is putting some very tough questions out there and i think that carries over into this weird relationship that we're seeing between Emma and camille because when you watch these two on screen like you get the like you get the sense that like Emma wants to hook up with her sister yeah that was a little strange wasn't it but it's it's strange on the surface, but when you look at it through the lens of Emma being somebody who may herself be a victim of abuse and may herself, you know, growing up in that family with Adora as a mother, with Alan as a father, um, what her perceptions of care and nurturing and affection may be might be completely skewed. And I think that's what gives that, that is kind of the overarching, um, the overarching piece that her character fits into. Because it's, it, it is somebody, she acts like somebody who does not understand affection. Right. Well, and it's all a cry for help, really. I think even at one point she said how, um, I don't remember if it was if it was explicitly said, but it's it's basically a cry for help. She is she's craving attention. And when she acts out in outrageous ways, when she does things that are um uncomfortable, that's when she gets attention. That's when she gets anything from anybody. Right. Is, is when she does this over the top stuff. And I think when she's with her sister, just her and her sister Camille, is when she is at her, some of the times where she's at her most genuine. Because any other time she's, it's almost like she's performing. Right. You right. Know, she's which is completely a, acting. Which is something that Adora does all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the other piece that I really wanted to talk about, because I, I'm becoming more and more fascinated with it, is these flashbacks or visions or these kind of like almost ghosts that are kind of haunting Camille throughout this show. They're getting more and more um, close. They're, they're like they're getting more and more accessible. And I'm assuming that within within the show storytelling those are manifestations of her mind they are the ghosts of her past that are haunting her but in this episode something really interesting happens at the very end where the ghost of her sister speaks to her and tells her that she's not safe and i yeah. thought that was really interesting 
it, you know, it it was interesting, but it also is something that I've been frustrated. Another yet another thing that I've been frustrated with about this show is that in in a lot of our other podcasts, when we talk about different movies or we talk about different shows, there are things that I really like that writers and directors and even performers do. And I like subtlety. I don't like when it's just blatantly obvious and, you know, on the nose. I like when there's like a wink and a nudge and, you know, it's something subtle that you have to pick up on. However, this show at times I feel is a little too subtle where I want to be let in on it a little bit more. And uh, like I said, it, it feels like there's too many puzzle pieces that haven't come together or it's just user error on my part. And my brain just hasn't put it together yet because it's too subtle. I'm not sure. Um, I'm, I'm willing to take the hit on that one if that's the case. But I, I think there's just it's too much. That's way too subtle. And you're having to do way too much reading between the lines. I'm ha- I feel like I'm having to put in way too much effort on this show to try and figure out what the fuck is going on. And that's where I said, you know what? I'm almost at the point where I don't care. You haven't given me enough. I don't feel that they've given me enough for me to continue, for me to care about it. Um, just because it does feel so fragmented at times. And... and it feels incredibly repetitive because how many times do I have to see how much Camille's mother is abusive and um, um, I, I can't think of the word right now, but um, passive aggressive, you know, how many times do we have to see that her sister is acting out? How many times do we have to see, um, you know, that Camille it cuts herself how many times do we have to hear it's almost like in i it was almost like an iron fist where everybody has to say danny rand a hundred times it's like we know his name's fucking danny rand okay stop saying it that's kind of how i feel with this it's like okay i get it her mother's passive aggressive her mother acts out i get it please move on please give me something else because they've they've shown the same behaviors in every episode it feels like and um i i'm Oh, I just it it gets me to the point where I'm talking now in circles because I'm so frustrated <laughs> by it. Yeah. Well, getting back to what I was saying initially about ah! the 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 visions that she has, these ghosts, which I believe are just kind of like manifestations of her subconscious. What I think is interesting about the end of this episode is it's the first time we hear one of these ghosts type things actually speak to her and it says you're not safe here and what's interesting about that is if these are manifestations of her own self-conscious this is a conversation she's having with herself and if that's the case one could maybe extrapolate from that that this is a form of camille starting to recognize her value and starting to maybe look out for her own safety which does not seem to be a characteristic that she has had previously so i'm wondering if this is kind of if if that was meant to symbolically be an awakening of um some new aspect of of her character 
which I think was a really interesting touch there. We'll see. They've got two episodes to really move the stick along, to really give us something to tie this all together, to wrap it all up. Because didn't we mention before that this is just a standalone season, that there's nothing that's right now that's beyond this? So it's two episodes left. I mean, like I said, it's so much subtlety. It's so much, you know, little bits and pieces. So are we going to find out that, yes, these are manifestations and visions that she has had? Or is are we going to find out that she sees dead people and she's a psychic or she was that dead is all definitely along. Not it. I mean, <laughs> uh, I don't know what's going to happen. Like I said, I'm at the point where I almost don't care. Nice. I almost I'll be, don't care. I'll be hosting the next two shows by myself. <laughs> It'll just be me saying the same complaints over and over again because they keep doing the same thing over and over again in every episode. So why don't I play their game? I mean, I think I think there are some fair criticisms that you that you're laying out. Definitely, I think you can definitely criticize the way information has been revealed and the kind of very very slow pacing. Um, but where for me, where it kind of makes up for everything is just in the way that these characters interact and the double and triple layers of storytelling that are taking place so for me it hasn't bothered me as much i like i said i do agree this was not the strongest episode but i still am very much on board i still find myself totally wrapped up in it and uh it's very engrossing when i'm watching it i think that my i mean looking at this show if you think that bob nash or john keen are the killer i think that just doesn't I, I don't believe either of those guys are the ones who did because the show wouldn't no. make any sense if it were. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought the music teacher was kind of a suspect. Now I'm like kind of leaning towards some massive town-wide conspiracy. Because what the hell? Why not? <laughs> right. Yeah, there's got to be some kind of out-of-left-field twist. Um, I'm actually now leaning towards the... Um, Oh, I don't know her name. She's kind of like, I don't know, the, I thought she was like her aunt or something, but like the cool woman. Oh, Jackie. Um, Jackie, yeah. Um, I'm kind of leaning something with her, because there's something with her that's not sitting right with me now, and uh, again, I don't know if it's a red herring, but um, like she said to the sheriff, she's like, you know, you're getting closer. Was it the sheriff or the detective? I don't fucking know anymore. Um, you know, you're getting closer. Um, I don't know. I think she knows more than she's letting on. I don't know if she's covering up for somebody. I don't know if she's the one necessarily that's involved, but there's something suspicious about her to me now. Um, yeah, I don't think it's a, either one of the two guys at all. And I didn't mm. from the get go. I didn't think it was either one of them. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Well, we'll find out here over the next two weeks if, uh, if if I'm not hosting the show by myself because you just left it in anger. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out if I was wrong. I and like I said, you know, I I I hope I am. I hope they win me over. I'm open to it. All right, so you guys have heard our thoughts on Sharp Objects episode 6 cherry but we'd like to hear yours as well so hit us up on the facebook and the twitter at nerdflix chill uh, you can also find us on itunes or stitcher and if you are listening on one of those platforms throw us a five-star review 
wanted to thank you guys for joining us. You can find all of our new episodes at lrmonline.com. Until next time, everybody, may the Force be with you because the night is dark and full of terrors. <laughs>